I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Simon. Hello, puppet me. What are you doing here? Just wanted to ask you something. Okay. Why are you so positive? I don't know. I just sit down, I watch wrestling, and if I like something, I say I like it, and if I don't like something, I'll say I don't like it, but I try and do it in a nice way. I think you should stop it. <laughs> I don't care. What are you going to do about it? This! Ah! Honestly, all I wanted to do was review some wrestling... And I've got to put up with this. But hello, my name is Harper Walk Culture. Welcome to another episode of Ups and Downs. And if you're saying, Simon, why are you doing some kind of train dance? Because I can. And that is the beauty of the planet and the world we live in. If you want to do it, you can just do something, which is why I'm also taking the finger of power and I'm giving the good bits up and the bad bits are down. In the latest episode of AEW Dynamite. <laughs> The greatest thing ever happened at the start of Dynamite because there was a production snafu. Now, obviously, you never want these things to happen. But as Orange Cassidy was making his entrance, we just saw Wardlow backstage in the gorilla position about to go through the tunnel. And I love shots like that. I cannot profess to you how much I love shots like this because it makes it so real, damn it. I was already having a good time. This was awesome too, because as the best friends were coming to the ring, Chucky T and Trent let us know, hi, we do have our manager licenses now, so we're allowed to stay at ringside. And also we're concerned for our buddy Orange Cassidy, because he's not as big as Wardlow. So we've come up with a plan. We're going to cheat. I was like, there it is. I'm in Tinseltown. Cassidy also did his pocket gimmick, so Wardlow ripped the pockets out of his pockets. And after Wardlow also pulled his straps down on his singlet, orange, just put them back up again. This is exactly what I want from wrestling at the moment. I know it's not for everyone, but I am me. So everything was rosy. The commentators also sold this the whole time, as they always do, saying, oh, it's the piece of fruit trying to get in Wardlow's head. So it does have meaning to it. And then, honestly... You would not have believed this if you had saw me sat at home. Because the best friends did go to interfere and then you produced a chainsaw. Meaning, if they were allowed to go about their dastardly ways, they were just going to, I don't know, kill Wardlow, I suppose. Absolute round of applause. Of course this got them ejected because they got caught instantly. And please, for the love of everything, let this be the start of a new gimmick. Things then picked up a notch because Orange Cassidy went for a dive, but Wardlow caught him in midair and then they were trying to slam each other into Ricky the ring post. They couldn't do it. And after the big guy started to chase Orange down, he was like, wait a minute, 
something's going on here. He looked under the ring, and there was Danhausen. Goofy wrestling for life, GWFL. He tried to curse Wardlow, but then he thought better of it, so it was like, meh. And he just walked off, and then back in the ring, Orange Cassidy went for one orange punch, and then he went for a second one. Wardlow grabbed him and chucked him to the outside. Now, what I'm about to say is pure hyperbole, but this was the best match ever. In true wrestling fashion, Cassidy then started working over the big man's leg, because even if you are a monster, if you don't have a joint, you can't do anything. And the big question here, I suppose, was, well, of course, you don't want Wardlow to lose. He's only just become the TNT champion. And Orange Cassidy, he's also been defeated a while. You know, what do we do here? So we just came up with a way that everybody came out smelling of roses. For example, Wardlow hit the F10 and Orange Cassidy just kicked out. And as we were told, nobody had ever done that. And Wardlow was like flub. There was also a great near fall after Orange had pushed Wardlow into Rita the ring post and then hit the stunner, the beach break and the orange pump. And Wardlow kicked out. I was like, oh, I thought he had him. Once again, Orange was like, well, okay, this move is kind of working for me. I'll go for it again. But this time he got caught in the power bomb. No symphony this time. Just a one and done. One, two, three. And I thought this was a terrifically fun way to start AEW Dynamite. And it just primed me for more. I love these two. Giving it up. We then had a quick reminder that Pac is going to be defending his All Atlantic Championship in loads of promotions around the world, so that's cool. And out came Christopher Jericho. He hates Eddie Kingston, as you know, and also reminded us, look at everybody that associates themselves with Ed. They all end up in a bad place, which is why Ruby Soho got murked last week. Jericho then went after Kingston's love for the likes of Anita and Sabu and Terry Funk, because they're all hardcore, where really everybody should be bowing at his feet, because at the age of just 22, he won the first ever Canadian barbed wire match. I was like, yeah, whatever, Jericho. But I looked it up, he's telling the truth. He then went pure mankind into Cactus Jack because he told us next week the pain maker was going to be here. And I always enjoy when we do do this in wrestling because if you sell it the right way, it's like, oh, well, that guy's absolutely screwed. And that when it is done, Chris is going to send Eddie back into his hole of depression and addiction. So I was doing this again. I was like, man, that's really close to the bone. He also said something along the lines of he will wash away his sins in a pool of blood. So I was like, man, but both of these tamales are absolutely crazy. But can you imagine the match they're going to have next week? This was a very good way to promote it. And I'm plugged in. Kingston soon retorted backstage and as ever we pull it down and we say hey does Eddie Kingston know wrestling is a work and the answer today and forever will be no and this just ties into what I just said he did a great job in making you go oh boy howdy I can't wait to see these two guys clash also, I am a little bit scared. Thankfully this was soon replaced by happiness because it was Takeshita versus John Moxley I mean, these guys. I mean, Takeshita is just smashing it to the point surely we have to change plans and give him a big win soon. And right out of the gates, there was just shoulder tackles, there was pile drivers, there were lariats. They were just tonking each other as hard as they could. As Takeshita took a lot of this, though, he gave John Moxley a German suplex on the apron. And as always, I looked around, I talked to some friends. It's the hardest part of the ring. John retaliated after this, though, by booting Takeshita right in the head. And not only did it knock him to the outside, but this dude was just bleeding. And I was like, of course he was bleeding. If I took my hand right now and I punched it into a wall, I'm probably going to break my bones. 
nobody should be surprised. Even then he flew back in with that jumping clothesline he's been doing and hit the champion with a brain buster. But then like in the pin, Moxie reversed it into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll up. And this is when things really started getting good. Cause you could just tell that Moxie was getting desperate, which is why he applied the choke. Cause he figured, well, if I kill Takeshita, he's definitely going to lose. And because Takeshita didn't want to die, he got back to his feet. And he just hit this stupid dive. And I had an epiphany. As it doesn't matter who you are anymore, if you're a professional wrestler, you have to be able to do a dive. Imagine anyone told you that 20 years ago. He also hit this awesome looking frog splash. And at one point, both guys had hit each other so hard, they landed on each other and teased that there was going to be a double pin. Now, they both kicked out a two... I don't think I've ever seen that. It was also the same for the Death Rider, because after Moxie had finally hit the paradigm shift, he wanted to take it up another level. <laughs> but that damn Takeshita reversed it. He hit a Northern Light suplex for another near fall. And at that point, I was just like clapping. I was like, who cares who wins? It doesn't matter. Eventually, though, John was able to stop him. He elbowed him in the head for a while. He applied the bulldog choke. And of course, Takeshita had to tap out. Otherwise, he would not be with us anymore. I've said it once. I'll say it twice. Give Takeshita a big win very soon. Also, go and watch this. If you've been watching social media this week too, you will have seen that Brody King attacked Darby Allen at an autograph signing and threw him through a table. This is why we got a House of Black promo here. And while it was very cool, I had no idea what they were talking about. Because King told Darby he is going to get his by taking yours. And again, I was like, I kind of feel like what he's getting at. But also, that sounds like gibberish. But again, presentation is everything. The House of Black may do it better than anyone. And then here was Mr. Well, if you've got a dead daddy, I'm going to talk about it. That's Christian Cage. Before all this, he looked like the Varsity Blondes were going to wrestle, or at least my man Griff Garrison, because he had his gear on. When out came Cage and Luchasaurus, and because Brian Pillman Jr. was in the ring, Christian went, oh, look who it is. It's you. Everybody calls your dad a legend. I think he was average. And if he knew you were his legacy, he'd be disappointed. I was like, ding, I'm going down in my elevator. I can't be here anymore. He also showed this picture of Griff that he had posted on Twitter and said, you know why this image annoys me? Because you look like Jungle Boy. And he did look a little bit like Jungle Boy. So I laughed. This is when he told Luchasaurus to get in the ring and just destroy this man. And honestly, he did. He was throwing him to pillar to post. Eventually, he locked in the tar pit, which was his brand new submission. Griff Garrison had to tap out. That was a little bit sad. I like Griff Garrison. This new version of Luchasaurus is absolutely awesome. And the dinosaur just absolutely wrecked everybody in the Varsity Blondes afterwards, including throwing some people through a table. And then they walked off. So as I told you before, I love this new act. But at some point, I do need the dino to tell me why he decided to shack up with Christian. So honestly, right now, throughout the entire roster, Christian is definitely the worst person they have. I mean, in terms of morals. The things that he says are terrible. But I'm terrible too, because now I look forward to it every single week. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great 
great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Danny Garcia and 2.0 with them backstage. They were basically going, why have we got to be in shark cage next week that doesn't make any sense and as always they're just the three greatest people on the planet Garcia did have an idea though and it's because he's so dangerous nobody wants to have to deal with him and he's also sick of Wheeler Utah being a Daniel Garcia cosplayer so he's gonna beat him at that there ring of honor pay-per-view but I love these three I actually love them and we had another quick skit because Hangman Adam Page John Silver and Alex Reynolds told us that they are gonna be fighting the house of black on Rampage that's like boys you better be careful and if you went really silent, somewhere you would have heard MJF getting mad. And what do I mean? Well, it was Claudio Castagnoli taking on Jake Hagar or <laughs> Jack Swagger versus Cesaro. <laughs> I don't know why I do it. Just like winding people up sometimes. And sure, if you want to say, well, this was just like a WWE match, I think that's fair to a point. But also, I thought they had much more freedom here. And it was really good. As ever, Claudio just went up as soon as the bell did ring and just started smashing Jake as much as he could do. But then eventually, Hagar got back into it because he'd been. But at one point, Castagnoli went for the big swing. But then Hagar got out of that and he went for the Hagar bomb. But then Claudio got out of that and hit him with a big kick. See? Works. They were then doing wrestling tennis as well as some big men slapping man meat when Hager did hit the Hager bomb. Kind of interesting. Claudio just kicked out. The commentators are like, yeah, well, I suppose that was always going to happen. It's a bit like I thought that was his finish. To be honest, I got over it quite quickly because I just love seeing Claudio book like an absolute machine. And much like he has done in the past, he started his comeback with this springboard uppercut thing. And I tell you, it's just so effortless. Is such a good wrestler. I mean, he's so damn smooth, he could solve arguments. And of course, we did get the big swing eventually, because otherwise there would be riots, which he then transitioned into the sharpshooter. And this is when Jake started to get worried. So he was like, please, my friends, come to the ring. So here was 2.0. They were able to distract the official, which did lead to a pretty good near fall after a urinary courtesy of Hager. But then Claudio got back up. He smacked Matt Maynard. He smacked Angelo Parker. And then he hit that big powerbomb thing he's been doing onto Jake Hagar. He got the one, two, three. And I'm still very excited about what we're going to do with him. Book was then asked whether he's thinking about going for a title because he is undefeated. And he just walked off. And I hope we do do something with this soon because he does have wonderful hair. When we cut to Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. Thunderstorm. I'm still going to hope they change this to Tony Rosie or Rosie Tony because I am an absolute moron. Thunder here was telling us, yes, I went to Japan and I just so happened to lose to Miyu Yamashita, but that's okay because she's coming to the States and now she can get a shot at the AEW Women's title. I like it. Because you do need to do those things to keep the audience on their toes and we'll talk about more of that in the main event. And given that she was here with Tony Storm, they needed a couple of people to come and interrupt them. 
It was Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Now, it's going to be one hell of a match, and because they are named after the weather, they said, we've got the ultimate solution to you, which is a sandbag. But that's also some insider baseball. If you know, you know. And if you don't know, you don't have to worry about it. It was like three seconds on the entire show. We then got a smart match after this, because it was Anna Jay taking on Serena Deeb, or the rookie versus the veteran. Well, it's not really fair to call Anna Jay a rookie. And I just thought they had a really solid match. And I borrowed from other people on this card because she just ran as soon as she possibly could at Serena Deeb. And it was working for a little while. But of course, Deeb has the experience. So before long, she was trying to put her in submissions. However, Anna was having none of that. And she went for the Queen Slayer. So Serena had to scull away. She probably relied on that a little bit too much because Deeb was able to use stuff like the European clutch to wrap her up. But this really was back and forth stuff. Because Serena went for the Deeb Tox, but Jay got out of that. So then she went for this crazy octopus hold thing. And Anna was like, no. They just gave her a big kick. There was this awesome out of nowhere Queen Slayer, however, that made you go, oh my gosh, maybe Anna Jay is going to get a big wing and I kind of bought into that more here given the Thunder Rosa stuff we'd just seen. Ultimately, I was an absolute buffoon. Serena D was able to get the Serenity Lock on. Anna Jay had to tap out. Serena refused to break this hold so this is where Mercedes Martinez ran out to be like, you better stop doing that because of course they are fighting at the pay-per-view. So this has been alright. It's building to that show nice and simply giving it up. The baddies are also falling out already. I mean, what's it been? Like six weeks, but they were all here and Jay Cargill was basically like, Athena, you're an idiot. Chris Statlander, you're an idiot. And I tell you who else is an idiot, Layla Gray, who obviously was stood right there. Thankfully, Hathaway tried to calm things down, but then Kira Hogan was like, no, I also think Gray is an absolute moron. So something is brewing here, but I don't know what it is. And I hope they do all get on the same page because just visually, well, they look absolutely badass. Jay Lethal and friends also popped out to the commentary booth after this and were like, man, we're not getting any TV time. We're going to beat Samoa Joe up. And they probably will do that at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view when we had a little skip between Anna Jay and Ty Conte. Now, I like this because obviously they're still best friends. Or at least we think they are. Because basically Anna Jay was in the trainer's room being like, oh man, I can't believe I lost. And Ty was like, man, you got to make better business decisions. Maybe you should come with me. Now, of course, what we should do here is start a feud between these two I'm gonna keep everything crossed somehow it was then our main events this episode of Dynamite just zoomed by and the AEW tag team titles were on the line meaning it was the Young Bucks taking on Swerve in Our Glory taking on Team Taz and look I'll just say it for you so we can get it out of the way this wasn't my kind of match okay it doesn't have to be your kind of match you're allowed to pick and choose whatever you want but for me Simon Miller the board a-hole oh my gosh this was tremendous I mean I loved it so much I was so impressed by the sheer effort that all these six guys put forward I was a little bit proud. I mean, why am I proud? Somebody pushed me out the window. But I don't even know how to recount this because so much happened. And I suppose a good way to start it would be to tell you that Nick Jackson and Swerve Strickland got in there. They were just doing this crazy routine that was so good. And then at one point, Nick was on the top rope with Ricky Starks and they slapped each other and they simultaneously crunched themselves. I just settled in like, ah, oh, man, here we go. Matt Jackson was soon in and blessed that man because he was Northern Light suplexed everyone. So he tried to do it on Keith Lee and Powerhouse Hobbs and of course that did not work although given that Hobbs was in there this worked for him as Starks because it's when they started to take over NWL. Eventually we got to the hot tag for Keith Lee. Honestly why did anybody ever fire this man? He was just an absolute train and at one point he was catching bodies in midair 
and not just throwing them into like their better half. I mean, he was killing them. The force behind these trucks was so good, I started to laugh. It also allowed us to get into Superman slapping man meat because Powerhouse Hobbs and Keith Lee faced off against each other. And not only did they do this awesome double crossbody spot when they came smashing together, but Hobbs went to the top rope and he hit one of the best frog splashes I've seen in ages. So I'm sorry, that dude is an athlete. The super kicks then started raining down. I mean, it got totally out of control, but within all of this, Hobbs accidentally crushed the referee, meaning we've got a ref bump. And I tell you, when you go through the AEW history books, that doesn't happen very often, so my eyebrow went up. The Bucks instantly went and got the tag belt, so I was laughing once again, because it was like a kid who got told there's free ice cream, and you look around and seconds later they've just dashed off. But it didn't work at all because Swerve stopped them, but then he was teasing he was gonna take the championship and hit Keith Lee. Thankfully he didn't. Instead he got smacked in the balls courtesy of Matt Jackson, who then got the title belt and once again just hit as many people as he could. But that led to this crazy near fall, and then I kid you not, there was about 82,567 other false finishes after this, and I bit on everyone. Because it happened once again when Lee caught Nick Jackson out of midair when he was going for the Melter Driver, and they turned it into their big Doomsday device spot, but that got broken up, and then it was just move, 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 tag clacks and ha, move, 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 near fall, near fall, near fall, and I was spinning around like Kylie Minogue. This happened again when Starks hit an out of nowhere spear on Swerve Strickland, and just as I was trying to calm down from this, Brandon Cutler was getting involved. I was like, please no, Brandon, I need a break. This is when somehow Matt Chu was being used as a weapon, so I was like, I cannot handle this anymore. And the closing sequence to this, because not only did Swerve do his dive where he jumps off Keith Lee's chest, but going back to what we talked about earlier, Keith Lee did a dive, and I'm not even going to pretend otherwise. I watched it 10 times. I watched the dive, rewound. Watched the dive, rewound. I do not understand how a man who is that big so easily went over the top rope. It was the most majestic thing I've ever seen. It left everyone pretty much dead, which is when Strickland went to the top rope and he hit the swerve stomp onto Ricky Starks. And this still surprised the absolute crap out of me because the referee got the pinfall, meaning swerve in our glory are now the new tag team champions, which means the Young Bucks have lost on their first defense. And now as well as having the longest reign, also have the shortest. I mean, what the hell? Once again, though, the best reason to do this is because it makes it interesting to watch because the next time a championship is on the line, you may go, well, I quite clearly know who's going to win, but you can never be sure. But all of these guys right now should be sat someone saying, good work, guys, good work, because they absolutely smashed it to the point it doesn't just get an up. It gets the golden up. I mean, it was such a good ending to Dynamite. If there was anything on this that I didn't actually like that much, I'd probably forgot, and it has now filtered its way into my review to you. Seriously, go and watch this main event, and overall, give it an up. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 